to the iZombie Podcast <laughs> with Robin and Steph, a fan <laughs> podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin and Steph. I know this is a weird thing to scream in your face, but you do you, girl. <laughs> my name is Stephanie, and I still do my college sophomore's laundry. It's one less thing for her to have to worry about, and I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm so glad to be here. Oh, wait, I'm not going to do this in the entire episode, but I really, really want to. Uh, yeah, it sounds exhausting. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> luckily, I have some coffee right here. Uh, I got to mention, we are a member of the DC TV Talk Network. Check out DC TV Talk for all your DC TV podcasting needs. That's DCTVTalk.com. And just uh, added to the roster this week is uh, Starkville's House of Bell Krypton podcast. So if you want to get the probably the best Krypton podcast uh, out there, you should check out Derek and Frank's uh, Krypton podcast. Um, so, uh, Robin, I can't wait to ask you about what you thought of Krypton. <laughs> well, since we're here and you're asking me, and I don't want to edit, uh, I thought it was good. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, after I, you know, I just watched the first half, and after I watched, after I finished it, I think I will continue watching. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I I almost want to rewatch it because it was a little hard for me to get into. But I, I'm like that with like every like new series. I'm like I don't know about this just yet. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's different. It is different. So yeah, check out Chew Krypton if you want to um, uh, listen to some better discussion about Krypton. But we're here to talk about <laughs> iZombie, and uh, in our news, just like we figured out our last podcast, uh, our last. Our next episode is the Hockey Brain episode, Goonstruck, and then we're, we got a week off, so that's Aww. nice. I mean, well, I guess it's nice for us because we podcast, and sometimes it's a relief to not do a podcast for a week, but we are coming back on April 8th with the episode, My Really Fair Lady. Um, so there's going to be huh. no iZombie on April 2nd, and I'm sure there's going to be no podcast that week either. Um, although we'll have a bonus episode for Goonstruck. We're going to be having uh, Bob Dearden chat with us again. So that should be fun. And uh, so I have some spoilery information that you actually know about, Steph, but let's pretend you don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so, folks, if you wanted to uh, skip ahead, maybe like a minute or two, this is spoilery information that is pretty much ev- out there everywhere. If you follow anybody that um, anybody that covers iZombie. Um, you've probably already seen this headline, but uh, I have good news. There's this uh, this episode, My Really Fair Lady. Uh, the description, uh, the first part of the description says, Liv and Clive investigate the murder of a pretentious theater actor. And this person that's going to be murdered is someone uh, many CW fans might know, many fans of musicals might know, and it's uh, Rachel Bloom, who's uh, the star of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yay! Which I'm is- so excited. You told me about this the other day, and I was having a bad day at work, and so I didn't react the way I should have. You're like, or yeah. The way you were expect- I was like, yeah, so <laughs> my feet were hurt. Yeah. I had new shoes on, and my feet were hurt, and it was a bad day. All right, now it's a good day. Let's hear your 
the correct reaction. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> I love her. Yeah. She is hilarious. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> this is like peanut butter and chocolate together. Uh, it, it, I'm just thinking to myself, like, okay, so we're going to have Rachel Bloom playing a pretentious theater actor. And the sad thing is she is the murder victim that week. So we'll probably get, like, one scene of her. Uh, yeah. But also we might get Liv impersonating Rachel Bloom for the rest of the episode. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched uh, – I you, you know this. I watched a little bit of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but it just, it just wasn't for me. So I, I, I signed off. But I like her. Yeah, I can understand. Now, my husband has started watching it with me because he lo- – uh, my husband loves the, like, vindictive part of the show. Yeah. But I can see where it would be a turnoff for somebody like you mm-hmm. who found that, you know, uh, uncomfortable and <laughs> not attractive. <laughs> but, like, my husband loves it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I Like, you know, from the beginning of the series, you're like, please, will you just – this guy's not worth it. And yet every episode you have to hear songs about him and whatever. It's, I, it, you know, I think a lot of people were turned off by uh, brainless in Seattle and how Liv was acting. And I'm like, that's kind of like how I felt about crazy ex-girlfriend, but you know, I uh-huh. recognize how talented she is. And, uh, there's a lot of, there was a lot of funny stuff about crazy ex-girlfriend. Just not enough for me to. Uh, yeah. Well, going. and after like three seasons, there's finally a payoff. Uh, yeah, you yeah. see that she's, you know, finally, but, uh, yeah. I can understand. I'll get back to it. Anyway, that episode is going to be airing April 9th. So again, there's iZombie uh, this coming Monday, Goonstruck. No iZombie on April 2nd. And iZombie will return on April 9th with My Really Fair Lady. Which uh, <laughs> my ears perked up when they talked about My Fair Lady in this episode, too. That She mentioned that uh, that's the OG makeover movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we should get into our discussion about Brainless in Seattle Part 2. And I have it split up between uh, – we have Major Angus and Tucker's story. We have uh, Blaine's story. And then we have uh, Liv, Ravi, and Clive. So we'll start with Major Angus and Hooker, Tucker. Uh, so first we start off with Hungry Hungry Hipster, this uh, emaciated zombie looking for leftovers. And then we get the you know the a-hole of the show, it's, it, it seems, uh, Russ Roche uh, kind of beating him up. Because, you know, he's Fillmore Graves and we we don't play. So I was annoyed by that. And I cannot wait for him to uh, meet a horrifying end. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Hopefully he will meet the guillotine. I don't know. We have this uh, stuff stirring up with Angus in this episode and how much he hates Fillmore Graves. I'm hoping he gets the hammer. (laughs) Oh. You know? Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, we have Chase, and his patience is wearing thin. He wants that videotape found. Um, and yeah, I mentioned the name uh, before. Tucker is the name of this guy. Tucker Fritz is the guy that got scratched and wanted to be killed, but now he's a uh, you know outcast from his uh, dead under pals. So, um, so oh, also Chase actually mentions that uh, he's considering freezing Jordan as a punishment if. It, this videotape actually leaks. So it's interesting that in the first episode, Chase, uh, or somebody's talking about Chase Graves at Romero's and saying that anybody who scratches a human is going to the guillotine or what I'm, I like to call the melon smasher. Uh, <laughs> but 
I guess that's only for civilians because here's Jordan who scratched a civilian and uh, her punishment might be just being frozen. I don't know if that hmm. means like he has a soft heart for does, teens or <laughs> – And why does Chase Graves get to decide this? Because he's Fillmore Graves and they're, they're in charge of everything. It's okay. martial law. I know, right? It should be like Mayor Baracus or <laughs> – you know, but this is new – Somebody. This is new Seattle. <laughs> So, yeah, like I said, we go to the Dead Ender Bar and Tucker is getting a very cold reception. And even his little buddy Mace, that we find out his name, Mace. And that this guy, this clown, I just want to pop him in the face like every time I see him. So good for you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> good for you, Nick, Nick Heffelfinger. Oh, this is the he's actor. He's a terrible actor. <laughs> oh, you don't like him? No. Well, Nick, sorry awful. if you're listening. He was just <laughs> actually in a... a one of the latest X-Files episodes, Nothing Lasts Forever. Um, was that the one about all the blood? It was the one where the Hollywood, Hollywood starlet is being kept uh, fed by all her followers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. It was a very gory <laughs> one. <laughs> um, oh, also, uh, Tucker is an actor I didn't recognize before. I looked him up, and uh, he's played by Jaron Brant Bartlett. And uh, uh, spoiler stuff. I don't know if you remember this or not, but this is the same guy who plays Blue Beetle in the season 10 episode of uh, Smallville. So we'll be seeing a younger uh, version of him when we get to that episode. Okay, Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle. Okay. Do you remember Blue Beetle when you watched it way back, like seven no. years ago? Okay. Oh, good. You'll hopefully forget about it again by the time we get there on our other podcast. <laughs> and that's We Don't Want to Wait, by the way, if uh, anybody's listening and wants to hear us talk endlessly about Smallville or whatever we happen to be watching. Uh, so Tucker's lost his girlfriend, his friends are not sympathetic at all. And, uh, his buddy Mace is like, here's a gun, you know, take care of yourself. And, uh, Tucker just can't seem to do that. Um, so he finds Jesus or he finds <laughs> brother love, um, <laughs> uh, which, uh, you know, just to see him like in the congregation, like really digging what uh, Angus is saying and like yeah, falling under his spell. He, yeah, th- this was really great because yeah, he's this gives him hope, and he's fell he's fell into the place where p- more people are like him, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I. I- I almost want to like ding it just a little bit because it seems like it's rushed. I mean, this guy like hated it zombies is, before. But this is TV, yeah. And TV has they they don't have all the time in the world. Right. To, they, things like this have to be kind of rushed. Let's assume he's been living on the streets for a few days and is looking for some sort of hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we also see that homeless guy, that like emaciated homeless guy, uh, being added. And uh, when yeah, when Tucker goes to the church, the outside sign has changed. It says. Pack up babies, grab old zombies. Everyone goes. It's Brother Love's show, and uh, I thought that was a kind of an odd quote. So I looked it up, and I guess it's a quote from a Neil Diamond song uh, called "Brother Love's Traveling Salvation Show." Mm. And uh, later, Tucker is like calling Angus uh, Brother Love, so mm-hmm. he's got many names. It's Angus, Brother Love, uh, the Prophet. I guess that's it. Angus. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Mace, Major and his crew go to the Dead Ender Bar, and um, I love how cool Major is in the scene. Like this trip up comes up, and he just calmly steps over it and doesn't take offense. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, but it's not until like Mace starts acting all gross towards Jordan. I want you to turn mm-hmm. me, if I want to be turned into a zombie, I want you to turn me the fun way. Mm-hmm. And then Captain Seattle yeah. was very pr- protective of Jordan. Mm-hmm. And so Major gut checks this guy <clears throat> with a rifle and then ends up shooting up the bar. And he was like offering money, but now he says, now nah, you just cost your friend $500. So give me the phone or phone number rather, because he doesn't have the phone. And they mentioned like Jordan says, uh, or actually Major says, uh, I want the phone number or we'll put you in a Fillmore Graves re-education camp, which is, mm, that doesn't sound, <laughs> that makes uh, me like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Re-education camp. I don't like that. Uh, so I wonder if that's true or not, or if, 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 if he's bluffing, I don't know. Um, and also kind of shooting up the bar, <laughs> which I don't know. I guess the dead enders, they suck. So whatever. <laughs> well, I think major, I just felt like that was major was holding. He was being uh, nice and being friendly <clears throat> as long as he could. Yeah. And then it just came out. Right. I also got the impression, like when he says, you, you just co- cost your friend $500. You, know, you can look at it in, in a way like, well, now you're not going to get any money. But now I think it's like, all right, now I've got your attention. That money is now going to go to repairing the bar. You, you uh, just lost that money. Uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe if he meant it that way, he should have been more specific. But I kind of took it that way. That sounds right to me. Yeah. So the, the threesome uh, spot Tucker outside the church and then follow him into the lion's den. <laughs> And, uh, and the zombies are looking very zombie-like. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really freaky how they just start surrounding Major Jordan and Captain Seattle and looking very hungry and that they're ready to snap at any minute. And uh, then Angus comes out and both uh, – I forgot about this, but Major and Angus, Angus both, like, recognize each other. I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Major kidnapped Angus, like, in season two. Um, yep. And uh, he Angus calls him the Angel of Chaos, and that they're going to pray for him because he's wearing Fillmore Graves. He's wearing the Devil's cloth, mm-hmm. and if he sees it again, he's going to knock his skull clean out of his body. <laughs> Which wow. Um. So that's pretty much it until, of course, that ending. We're going to get to that though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So let's get let's talk about Blaine and uh, his liar liar brain. <laughs> Uh, you know oh, the Jim Carrey yeah. movie, yeah. <clears throat> Just immediately, as soon as that brain started kicking in, and I realized what it was, I posted on Twitter of uh, the GIF of Jim Carrey walking out of the elevator, turning around and going, "It was me." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the loose lips braid. Tanner real- finds out that he's tremendously underpaid for all the work that he does. <laughs> um, Donnie finds about, out about the cures. So that's a kind of a, a theory that's been laid to rest that maybe perhaps Blaine didn't get the cures. It was Donnie who got the cures and got it to Blaine. No, that's not the case because um, Donnie finds out and she's like, we're going to be billionaires. <sighs> You know, there's no I in billionaires. There's two or three. There's three, <laughs> but the third one's silent. Yeah. <laughs> and we find out that Blaine sleeps naked and he's never been happy, even as a child. Mm, not surprised. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, both counts. <laughs> so we get some fun stuff with uh, Blaine 
like playing uh, the head usher or whatever at Romero's and just telling the truth about the braids. Oh, that mm. one fell on the floor. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he goes back downstairs talking to uh, Donnie. Dang it, Donnie! And saying, yeah, the, this couple I could hardly stand. Yeah. I could hardly stand to talk to him. But yeah, most of them they're they're trying to figure out is he being serious? <laughs> Surely he's kidding. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and of course, to pay for Emilio Romero's, you got to be pretty rich. So, you know, there's these just like rich, out of touch uh, zombies. Um, yeah, that couple seemed uh, affluent, but the other guy, the older <laughs> guy that was by himself, he seemed like he was new money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the head of a huge criminal enterprise. Now I have to do a terrible thing to a nice old lady. <laughs> <laughs> she's not old. I know, she's not, she's not old. She's. I think she's like our age, maybe a little older than us. That's not old. I think I looked it up. I think she's like 53 or something uh, like that. She's not old. She's way older than us then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Blaine sees Mama Leone and the Vision and goes to the laundromat. And my question here is where the hell did Dino come from? Because I think he might have been in the last episode. But the last time I remember... Angus smashed him over the head with a hammer after Dino freed him from the well. I thought mm-hmm. that was a kill, <laughs> but I guess it must have Yeah, because I remember thinking, oh, I feel sorry for his girlfriend or wife, <laughs> whoever right, he was talking yeah. to on the phone. <laughs> I guess it must have just, uh, uh, yeah, it must have really hurt him. That actually reminds me, I'm sorry, I'm trailing off because um, a, I, a friend of a friend um, I met, uh, she's told me to uh, uh, feel her head. Uh, this is this is not going to weird places, I promise. Uh, okay. So I felt her head, and there was this gigantic dent in her head, and it was because somebody hit her uh, with a hammer uh, when she was young, younger. So, oh. like, her brain is completely fine. She's not disabled at all, but, like, she's got this massive dent in her head. It was, it was very freaky to feel, but nice girl. Anyway, so she's not listening, hopefully. Dino... <laughs> Not as not necessarily out of commission. He could have survived. He could have he could a big gun in his head under that uh, pull so, back. Uh, so is she? <laughs> is she like? Uh, are there? Does she have any problems? No. Is she- Completely fine. She's completely okay. fine. She just has a big dent in her head. You wouldn't notice it by notice it by looking at her. Like her hair covers it just fine. Mm-hmm. But she's like, "Feel this." I'm like, "What? <laughs> you put change in there? It's a party trick. Yeah, it's for it's for, it's a conversation. Thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, maybe Dino's got a little dent in his head. Um, all right. So I love this scene where Blaine just happily marches in with Dino, and 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 Dino's carrying the sack. Uh, of with Mama Leone in it. It's like Merry Christmas, and uh, yeah. delivers, him, delivers her to Chase. Rather, we're so scared for her. What is he going to do with her? I know exactly. Uh, I'm really hoping he just puts her on ice because if he, if he kills her, I think that would make Chase straight up a villain. Right now, I think he's conflicted. I think he's under a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. But if he murders her. I, I, I really think that would make him a villain. I, I don't think I'd be a... Yeah, because as that. far as we know, he hasn't used the melon smasher. Yeah. And maybe it's just a deterrent. Yeah. Maybe it's just... It's right know, in the to... middle of the quarantine zone where everybody can see. Mm-hmm. We did see some zombies shot at the border, but who knows what what led up to that. So, I don't know. I'm assuming that... 
I don't know. We we find out more about Mama Leone during this the the case part, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm assuming the backstory is all you know. It wouldn't be just to have her murdered in the same episode, you know. I don't know, or in the next episode rather. All right, so uh, <coughs> mm, good coffee this morning. Okay, let's talk about <laughs> Liv, Clive, Robbie, and Peyton. How to find a how to find a guy in Tim days. <laughs> uh, and um uh, we have Liv and Clive on a stakeout and uh, Liv's trying to be positive about the little how little brain she has to eat and she says something like nothing tastes as good as uh and then Clive goes skinny feels and I I, I mean do you know what that that's from because she's on a, she's restricted in her food uh-huh. because they they talked about this. Her and Ravi talked about this last episode where she doesn't like to diet. She likes to eat. She right. likes food. Right. And she's trying to get used to the idea of being rationed, I guess. Well, uh, I looked it up. It's actually a real quote from somebody. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Apparently, Kate Moss said nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. Oh. And uh, she got a lot of flack for saying that because she, you know, she's notoriously super skinny mm-hmm. and uh, was accused of encouraging like teenage girls to become anorap- anorexic uh, by that mm-hmm. quote. Like, hey, you know, food's good, but, uh, you know, you feel so great when you're as skinny as a rail as I am. Well, she must not have much of an appetite because I disagree. Yeah, right. Food is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we have a quick close up of Liv's journal, which uh, I should post a picture. The the iZombie writers room posted a, a screen cap of, or not a screen cap, an actual picture of the prop uh, on their account. I should post it in our Facebook group. But uh, it shows it shows case notes, but then it shows like hearts around things and Tim's name. It says Mrs. Tim's wife L plus T. <laughs> There's even a game of Mash. You remember Mash? No, what is that? Oh, it's this. Weird game. I can't remember how exactly it goes, but you put on put down all these different options uh, for each of these categories, like uh, who you're going to marry, what's your job going to be, how many kids, uh, and like what's your vehicle going to be, where are you going to live. You put put down like four or five options, and I think you like I don't know. You like roll dice or you count it out, and you count down. You cross out things, and then you come up with finally oh, okay. at the end. You find out uh, who you're marrying, and you know it. So. Um, uh, it's funny that her list of potential people that she wants to marry are just like Tim, 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 and Tim. <laughs> and so she's got like four Tims crossed out and one Tim left. She's like, ah, yeah. And so according to her game of mash, uh, from looking at her notes, it says that, uh, she's going to be married to Tim. She's going to be a stay at home mom with four kids and a convertible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that is the way that teenagers think. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't have a convertible with four no, kids. No. Uh, <laughs> I tried it with one kid. I had to get rid of that convertible. Of course, I also live in Vermont. <laughs> it was really not feasible at all. Uh, <laughs> um, but I love how she calls Tim her lobster. Isn't that a friend's reference? No, that's – isn't that the lobster reference? Oh, wait. No, that oh, is a friend's right. reference, isn't it? Because yeah. I, I immediately thought of the movie The Lobster. But there, I don't really know Friends, so I didn't. My mind didn't go to that. What? No, I, I never watched it. I mean, I watched a few episodes. Whoa! Yeah, not for me. Wow! How you doing? That's all I know. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, Friends, I can't rewatch it. 
it's not a rewatchable show. Mm-hmm. Like I watched every episode back in the day because that that was of my time. Yeah. you know, early nineties. <clears throat> well, I heard there's a early you know 90s, now that with, with with all these old shows uh, streaming, uh, apparently there's a big surge of younger younger people oh, discovering yeah. Friends. There's always people watching Friends, yeah. but it, and it's on during the day while we're eating lunch at work, and I just I can't watch it because I see the jokes coming. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because it's it's so burned in my brain the dialogue and the jokes, uh-huh. or if or if, or if it's a kind of humor that I don't like anymore. Well, we should give a shout out to uh, our friends podcast, the one with <laughs> the one with podcast, where they <laughs> just, they do cover friends. Uh, they went through it, and I think they just kind of do a uh, just a discussion show. But uh, the one with podcast is a more recent friends uh, rewatch podcast. So, uh, oh, but of course, there's also we can also refer to our side podcast, which we're now doing. Uh, Smallville, but we started it off talking about Dawson's Creek, and she calls Tim my hence, Dawson. Yeah, hence the title. We don't want to wait. We don't. Wanna, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we go to the next scene in the morgue. I love the chapter title: "Remains to Be Seen." Um, and uh, Bruce Holtz is being called the Dutch Oven Killer. So imagine being branded with that name. I mean, no pun intended. He, he does get branded at the at the end, uh, but uh, the Dutch Oven Killer. Um, so they're going to set up a little trap. I think I know what Dutch, I think I know what the Dutch oven is, but I don't want to ask. So I'm just going to pretend like I know what it is. Oh, well, next time we, uh, we hang out, I'll show you. Please don't. (laughs) Okay. It's a silent killer. (laughs) Uh, anyway, um, Oh, uh, Robbie's really excited because his, uh, uh, the, the victim skulls are Larry, Moe and Hurley. And then Liv makes him kiss, which is funny. <laughs> we find out that Liv's put a misconnection out there for Tim and says, I want to spend the rest of my life decomposing with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also uh, she says something about fate, uh, fate, but she says fat. No, she says feta. She hungry. Feta. <laughs> uh, because she was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, instead of a honey trap, we have uh, Ravi Robbie setting up a money trap, which is uh, him pretending to be Dr. Alistair Manningham Chabra, uh, <laughs> who uh, is just a rich uh, UKer who needs to get out of Seattle. So they're going to lure uh, Bruce in. And then Michelle drops by the morgue, and uh, it looks like, I guess, Liv uh, stole her nasty woman mug. And then <laughs> left a message and said, Clive has it. And uh, it's a meat cup, a mug cute. <laughs> um, you really put the no in Babino. And then we go to Maiki Bakey Heart. We live in Peyton, have a chat. Liv is making all the desserts. What is, uh, what is that a reference to? Apparently it's Grey's Anatomy. I don't watch Grey's Anatomy, so I didn't get that either. I do not watch Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody in our feedback got it though. Um, doesn't explain it, but um, why did I make all this food? Well, I, can't I know. Eat? Pa- <laughs> well, I know Peyton says uh, I saw that episode of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. so I don't know. I'm assuming somebody in Grey's Anatomy made a lot of uh, desserts, and uh, yeah. So Peyton reminds Liv of Fates, and uh, also she, we, they talk a bit about Clive, and she's surprised she hasn't told Clive yet. 
And Liv's like, how am I supposed to let Clive know that his forever person is looser than a bucket of fishing lures? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, and we get another truly madly deeply moment where she finds the vanilla extract. <laughs> the song has been in my head all week. <laughs> uh, I welcome it as a great uh, respite from the Disney's Zombies soundtrack, which... If you're looking for a zombie show to completely annoy you, or a zombie movie to completely annoy you, uh, may I recommend Disney's Zombies and uh, their soundtrack that my children have on repeat at all times. And my wife even enjoys She just starts singing along with it. I'm like, you really need to stop, please. <laughs> that sounds terrible. A, dis- a zombie show for kids? Well, it's a movie. Yeah. It's made by like the same people who did like High School Musical and Descendants. The songs are incredibly catchy and they get stuck in your head. I'm not saying they're good. They're just really catchy. Uh And I will – no, we're not going to do a bonus episode about Disney's zombies. So don't even write in. Uh, I mean zombies are – that's kind of dark and ghoulish. Why would children want to – Yeah, well, there's no eating flesh or brains or anything. They do kind of joke about it, but these are zombies that have, um, like, some sort of, like, monitoring bracelet where they, you know, it keeps them from going crazy, and then they're all, like, separated from the humans, and... Oh, God, why am I talking about this? I don't care. hate it. It sounds awful. It's awful. (laughs) Um, And Steph will be doing a commentary track on it by herself. Sure, because I'll be trying to figure out what it is. (laughs) Just two hours of you going, what is this? Um, okay, so uh, we have Liv going to see Mama Leone uh, to ask about the coyotes. And, uh, and Mama Leone reveals her origins, where she knows Liv from. Oh, yeah. She woke up one day, she was turned into a zombie, and then she got a call from somebody offering her a, bla- a, a brain plan. A blame brain? A blame brain plan. <laughs> And then she got uh, she ate the brains and got a vision of uh, one of the runaways that Blaine killed. So Mama Leone reminds uh, the folks who are tuning into season four and may have forgotten or dismissed it when Blaine became uh, Mister Good Guy for a few episodes. That Blaine is still a child murderer. <laughs> so uh, I, you know, I don't know. Um, also, we got a quick cameo from. Um, uh, uh, Hiro Kanagawa Suzuki Suzuki yeah. yeah I was really happy to see him again Me too Because he took you back To like season one Yeah So Or, or, or whenever and Yeah So one. she went to the police And of course Suzuki is to... on The plan himself Yeah So he covers it up Yeah And even and tells scares, Blaine Yeah And because scares of... her Yeah Yeah So they They kill her husband Yeah because they killed her husband Yeah So obviously That's Suzuki awful. told Blaine Which mm-hmm. And um, and then she remembers that we see the little flashback of Liv talking to her at the morgue. So it looks like Liv's being like super nice to her. So she's obviously got some good memories of Liv and Ravi. You know, at a terrible moment in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, she says she completely shut down and then 10,000 zombies were created and she found her purpose. And it reminds you a lot of, uh, you know, Liv, like when she got turned into a zombie and felt like completely uh, hopeless. And uh, she found her purpose in helping people, and just like Mama Leone does as well. Um, I love the next chapter title, Hey Now, You're an Alistar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And uh, we have just a Skype conversation between Ravi and Bruce. Yeah, Ravi is trying to do a Prince... <laughs> Prince William. Prince William. I was about to say Charles. I'm like, that's not right. And then uh, Liv comes in. Hello, Ravi! <laughs> Cockney. <laughs> Did you remember what he says to her? <laughs> you sound like a garbage oh. disposal with a vocal fry. <laughs> <laughs> So we have this hilarious chat. Robbie is like really – he is very much this character and is as crazy as – it just – I don't know. It's so – it's such a funny character because uh, it's so very like upper crush British. So posh. So posh. <laughs> and then he gets off the Skype call and he gives Clive a, like a thumbs up and Clive just kind of like this is bemused thumbs up back to him. Yeah, it's like reluctant <laughs> thumbs up. Like, I don't do thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is the first instance where Liv tells Clive that sh- he should date Michelle and not Basio because human zombie relationships never work out. And uh, he draws a boundary, pulls her aside. This is, you know, I and I like how they, you know, you know, we go along a while where Liv's just under the uh, influence of a brain and there's no comment on it other, you know, than just kind of like looks or whatever. But I love how like Liv kind of snaps out of it when Clive's like, listen, I know there's a brain thing here, but this is partly you. You know, my relationship with Dale is none of your business. Uh, next chapter title is You've Got a Friend, M.E. <laughs> <laughs> Where uh, I, I I I don't this was kind of funny. There was some funny stuff in it, um, but I, this goes way too easy and way too well. Like, yeah, I agree. It was all wrapped up so quickly. So quickly. It, it reminded me of like the dominatrix brain, where like uh, James Weckler just you know admits to it and it gets taken right away. Um, but I, you know, there was still that underlying feeling like that was way too easy. There's got to be something more. I don't know if it's the same with this. I think he is a murderer. He does try to murder Ravi, and uh, he does. He is burned. We see him in the visions murdering. This is the murderer. This is the serial. And killer. he has the, he has the um, where he earlier when he touched when they saw, Liv saw in the vision him touching and getting the the burn on his hand yeah. from the oven. D U T on his hand. Mm-hmm. Uh. And all this, this setup are like, you know, what's the, what's the code word? And, and Ravi, Ravi's like pickles. And it, that was kind of funny because he's like, I just saw this guy walking by eating a pickle. And it just pans out <laughs> and see this guy just kind of walking by eating a pickle. That was funny. And then, yeah. And then when he has, pulls the gun on you, he was like, oh, pickle, I'm in a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, there's this whole thing where like Clive's like, oh, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And. And it is. It's completely fine. It just goes down yeah. without any problems at all. Yeah. I, yeah, I like the line, this place makes Freddy Krueger's basement look like the Wonka factory. <laughs> um, but we have another setup by Liv, um, Michelle and Clive on the elevator together. Yeah, and I mean, this girl's getting such, uh, such a lot of screen time uh-huh. that it makes me think something's up. So she's, we're going to know her more. She's going to be more, I guess, I don't know. Maybe Clive will start a relationship with her. Mm. Yeah. I, I'd like, I'd like that to happen. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I like her. I mean, and I don't like what Basio's doing. So <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like, I'm kind of endeared to this Michelle thing. You know, I feel bad because I love, I love Basio, but mm-hmm. 
if they can't be together, then they yeah. can't be together. I mean, as much like uh, Major and Liv when one of them, when Major was human, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, it turns out it was fate that they were stuck in the elevator. Uh, Liv didn't actually stop the elevator with them on it. And uh, yeah, so we find out Clive and Basio. We guessed it last week. They're they're in an open relationship. Which is just weird. You wouldn't think that Clive would do that, but he says that yeah. know, it's for love, you know? Because mm-hmm. he says he's not an open relationship kind of person. Right. And he's willing to try anything to keep them together, which I'm mm-hmm. sorry. <laughs> to me, I you know, I might just be, you know, there's maybe other people that feel differently. But to me, your significant other starts sleeping with somebody else. You're not in a relationship anymore. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or you're, I don't know. You're in a different, you're in a friendship. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the relationship has changed. The love is not. It's not love. It's. I mean, yeah, it's. It could be love, but it's not. I don't know. I'm very much a monogamous kind of person. <laughs> so, yeah. were you going to say something? <laughs> I mean, yes, I agree. Oh, okay. I mean, there are people. I mean, there are people. You know, to each their own. Yeah. Like, I, but this is not working for Clive. It no. is not. No. All right, so let's get to that ending. That's my last chapter title here for my own notes. Um, so we first have Major and the teens going to the scratching post. Major does not want blue brains, but Jordan and the captain order some. Uh, they have a choice of Jewish American princess, drag racer, drag queen, or pro wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, in the next chapter, when we see them again, uh, we see Major. I got dosed with wrestler braid. Hey, Liv, how's the new boyfriend? (laughs) (laughs) And I just love how, like, Captain Seattle and Jordan are laughing hysterically in the background (laughs) during the whole thing. Because it is. It's like they just got their teacher high, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Robbie, just, you sound like a maniac. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um so uh after that which is just I, I don't know i i started laughing uh during that i kept laughing during the next stuff and then like my like d- tears and smiles towards the end this is all just great anyway um so uh uh live sees tim sixpence none the richer fires up ah <laughs> <laughs> um, and this Tim, he is dreamy. Yeah, he is. He is a cutie pie. Uh-huh. But in real life, uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's actually a fan of Angus. It sounds like he's his friend brought him to a preacher who says that uh, humans are food and zombies are are superior. Yeah, because Major's uh, comments to live <laughs> prompted her to. Say, I need to get to know this guy. Yeah. I d- obviously, I d- it brought her into re- like these romantic people, people who are romantic like this live in a fantasy world, mm-hmm. and so that brought her to reality that she needs to get to know this guy. She knows nothing about him, so she asks what he did, and he tells her about going to church, mm-hmm. and that his name is Tim Timerson. No, thank you. Ah! No, thank you. I think that. That was the funniest thing in this whole episode. <laughs> Just her her reaction. <laughs> Tim Timerson. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you said, this whole thing, um, it, it's kind of spurred on the fact that Major and Liv like, make up officially uh, in, in here like, as friends. And... Uh, are, are Liv and Major over with? Are, are we just going to see them as friends from now on? Like, th- that was pretty definitive, I thought. 
Yeah, like we're we're tired of this back and forth. We need to just be friends. And it's another thing where uh, it kind of speaks to uh, reality, you know, and how he 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 like screams about <laughs> uh, how their politics are different, uh, but mm-hmm. he wants to always be friends with her. Um, and then, yeah, because uh, how can a Fillmore Graves zombie and a regular zombie see things the same way? Right, like Liv isn't. They just don't. Liv isn't. Uh, doesn't have the responsibilities that Major has, but yet Liv has her own responsibilities that do conflict with Major. Like she mm-hmm. will have to. She would want to deal with somebody like Mama Leone if somebody is in danger, or somebody needs to get snuck in or snuck out. Um, and that's just something that Fillmore Graves is completely against. Um, and of course, if I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, what happens when Liv finds out that Chase has Mama Leone and, you know, Major might be able to be the one to help her break her out. You know? Oh, yeah. But, um, so yeah, that pretty much ends there. There's nothing else that happens. It's a great episode. Uh, five out of five. What? <laughs> no, of course not. Was, eh, 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 eh. What was that? What's that? Uh, uh, air horn no- noise. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so obnoxious. <laughs> uh, human zombie dance off to uh, why can't we be friends? Uh, which is just it's so cute. <laughs> and uh, actually, in the background, I don't know if you noticed, but in the corner, Captain Seattle and Jordan are like making out. <laughs> Oh yeah! <laughs> so uh, yay, good for them. Uh, all that gentle ribbing. They're having their own little romance. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have sweater zomb- uh, sweater Ravi doing the zombie dance, which is funny. <laughs> it, it was kind of was it thriller? It looked like kind of like thriller, but it's very much he was had this zombie look on his face, like the dragged mouth, and then yeah. But yeah, I mean, thriller is pretty much a zombie dance anyway, so. Um, and then Major does this like flexing dance, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, both Liv and Peyton are just super cute and dance wonderfully around. And uh, I'm just like, I wrote out of my notes. I'm so happy. I want to live in this scene. <laughs> it's just so much joy. Like, there's nothing bad about this at all. Like, nothing bad is happening in this scene. It is just fun. It's friends. You know, and whole uh, and, whole, convers- whole monologue about how they're soulmates. Yeah, and watching Ali Machaka dance reminded you of Hellcats. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Hellcats. We covered that, and we don't want to wait to <laughs> actually. We, we that was our we were in partnership with our own podcasts. We had a crossover between our two podcasts, so we could do less. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> an excuse yeah, to yeah. to cheat. <laughs> but, but yeah, that was a great show. You know, I think about that show a lot. That was a lot I, of fun. In retrospect, I liked it better than when I was actually watching it, I think. Yeah. And, you know, it give you it, – it, it's more Ali Machaka, so, you know. Yeah, how can it be bad? Yeah, a person that uh, a person that I didn't really know much about until I started watching iZombie and then I got – you know, I started listening to their music and, you know, this new EP that's out and enjoying Hellcats and, Yeah. Very cool. And then you got her, your picture taken with her. Oh, yeah. I met her. Yeah. She's so pretty. And now my hair is almost her color. <laughs> my life goal is to have the same hair color. I was going to say, you remind me a lot about Ali Machaka, right? Really? Oh, yeah. Just as much as I remind you of Robert Buckley, right? Oh, yeah. yeah see? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Let's get into some feedback. Uh, so I want to give a reminder to check out the app from our uh, friends at TV Time. If you want to join a global community of TV watchers where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming, download the TV Time app today. Go to tvtime.com for more details. And thank you to everybody who's listening to us through that app. Um, we have some quotes, some reactions to this episode. Steph, take it okay. away. Kara says, and if these are my soulmates, I just might be the luckiest girl in the world. I'm not crying. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Stedman says two things ha- uh, that have to happen. Number one, Major needs to be on Wrestler Brain for the rest of the show. <laughs> and two, we need a human zombie scratching post scene every week. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> But that that wrestler brain has got to be just exhausting. <laughs> yeah, but it's blue brain, so it's definitely going to be on there next week, too. Guaranteed uh, they're going to carry it over. Crooked Spoon says, I love the trope of the bad guy being completely honest about what he does and people thinking he's telling a hilarious joke. <laughs> Sarah says, the Grey's, okay, the Grey's Anatomy reference was amazing. I thought the very same thing. Peyton, darling, you're amazing. <laughs> Ferg says, one thing I love about this show, the highlighting and prioritization of the importance of friendships. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Let's go to our email bag. We have one from Efrex. He says, Hey, Steph and Robin, on the whole, I like this one quite a bit. For the first time this season, we actually see Liv struggle a bit against the brand of the week, and the final dance sequence was just precious. It's always great to see zombies besides Liv deal with brain issues. Loose-lipped Blaine was quite funny. But the winner, of course, was Robert Buckley's Hulk Hogan impersonation. Actually, I thought there was more Randy Macho Man Savage. I don't know. Um, Continuing. I'm not quite sure how Captain Seattle and Jordan managed to get Major to eat wrestler Blue Brain, but I'll gladly throw rationality to the wind for a payoff like that. Speaking of those two, what are they doing making out in the public in the middle of a zombie outbreak? Don't they know that, according to genre conventions, they're now completely doomed? Aren't millennials supposed to be media savvy? Sheesh, kids. <laughs> Do not kill Captain Seattle or Jordan. I will riot. That is, that's for me. Um... Continuing, what this show does best, at least for me, is overlaying a ridiculous premise with nuanced and complex characterizations. We got two great examples in this one with Mama Leone's backstory and Tucker's discovery of Angus's church. Just terrific and heartbreaking storytelling in a few shots. Yes. I've lost the number of time I've lost count of the number of times Dino has changed allegiances between Angus and Blaine. Does somebody have a scorecard? <laughs> Not liking the Bosano open relationship thing, not one bit. Let's get that nonsense over with and have these two spend more screen time together, please. Also, not really sure what Major was doing shooting at the bar. That kind of activity doesn't seem like it's designed to win over human hearts and minds. Finally, I vote for the Fillmore Graves jerk who's stealing and selling brains as the first test subject for Chase Graves' anvil guillotine. What a complete D-bag. <laughs> I agree, <laughs> All the best, Evrex. Thanks, Evrex. Uh, from Facebook, uh, Jeff says, I give this episode a 8.5 Bacho Man uh, Major Lily Watts. Love the dance-off. Blaine's crew on Honesty Brain is just so funny. So funny. Plus, I think Clive has someone else trying to get him together with the new office. Officer, great episode. All right. Dave says, such a fun couple of episodes. One, so glad Bazio did not cheat on Clive, but I sense tough times ahead. Open relationships never end well. Two, 
how quick Tucker's friends turn on him and how quickly he turns to Angus's church. Three, I sense a real head-to-head with Angus and his crew and FG. Four, fancy Ravi. Loved it, but in reality, how could you not see through that? (laughs) (laughs) Five, the wrap-up to this case was kind of too easy. Seriously, a burn on his hand that clean? Whatever. (laughs) I agree. Uh, Yeah, I agree, but it's just this show sometimes does that. Yeah, It's like the... The mystery, the, the it's not the solving of the mystery, the solving of the case. It's kind of not that big of a deal. <laughs> right. It's, this is not a procedural. It seems to act like a procedural, but, you know, as much as it's like we need the procedural part, but we don't want it well, to be it's like, that. And that's it. It's it's like that's how they sold the show to CW. <laughs> CW says it's got to be a procedural. OK, <laughs> but really, we just want to write a funny show about a cute a uh, very talented actress doing different characters every week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Six, the renegade retcon was very well done. So glad Blaine did not outright kill her, but I sense not a good fortune for her. Yeah, actually, you know, now that I'm thinking about that again, I don't know if you remember last season how Vivian had this whole storyline where Vivian's husband was scratched and then died and was missing or whatever. And that Vivian was like, if I ever find out who did that, who was the person that was my husband's brain plan was on, um, you know, I'm yeah. words with them. I'm almost wondering if they're kind of like, well, we wanted to do something with that story. Let's put it on this Mama Leone character. Like we're waiting to see, you know, Mama Leone get a hold of Blaine, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, or figure it out. Anyway, number seven, love the soulmate message at the end. Now my continued nitpick with the season is how normal Seattle is in places. I seriously doubt that a walled off and independent city would have a fully functioning cell service, internet, and a variety of other services like fuel for cars, fully stocked grocery stores, etc. Well, Dave, uh, sorry you feel that way. Um, I'm assuming the country is just appeasing uh, the denizens of New Seattle because they have like hundreds of human hostages, basically. And they don't want a zombie outbreak, so I'm just assuming that the services just continue, you know? Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand how it all works, yeah. but... It just does. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I, don't, I don't guess it's important. <laughs> Nikki says that was uh, season finale levels of plot in an early season episode. Mm. I feel like I need to start working out just... Uh, working out just to keep up. They did all. They did all. They did keep all the stories moving, so it was a successful episode. Yep. Uh, our friend Jen says, "I'm finding these apps frustrating. On the one hand, they're jam packed. They're moving the stories along, and the performances are great. On the other hand, I feel like a lot of the nuance has been lost. Liv never disappeared so completely into the brains before." And as amusing as Blaine and Donnie were in their loose lips brain, their characters seem to also be lost in the persona. I can't figure out if it's because they're trying to cram so much plot into each ep that there's no room for the smaller detail scenes or what, but it's making it harder for me to stay engaged in their story, in her story. I'm not invested in rom-com Liv. I'm invested in Liv who sometimes has quirky personality shifts. Right now, I'm interested in the world they're creating. But I miss being more invested in our favorite characters like I was in previous seasons. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this rom-com brain. Oh, really? Either. I don't know. It's it's missing something. Like, it needs to be more or less or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. And, and maybe because, I don't know, it might not be directly tied to the case as much as this is just a victim that liked rom-coms. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it was more tied in with the case before. I don't know. I'm I, I'm hearing that that complaint a lot. Like, oh, it's too much of the brand, lots too too little to live. I, I don't know. I just said a whole rewatch, and this seems like normal. It, what seems super different is the scenario, the new Seattle and Fillmore Graves being uh-huh. in control and all that. That seems different to me, and uh-huh. something to get used to. But I don't know. Live disappears into brains quite a bit <laughs> over this series. I, I, I just feel differently. I don't know. I mean, and you know, of course it's like, is it going to be funnier if Liv is uh, really into this brand or are we going to need to get some, you know, some of the storyline or whatever moved along? We need more of live, live and not more, not, not rom-com live or whatever. It just depends on the story. I think, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. So sorry, Jen, glad you're still watching though. <laughs> and the, uh, they're coming to take me away. If you hear the sirens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Will says, a uh, fun episode with a sweet ending. The ending reminds me of Smallville's facade a little bit, but that episode has been on my mind a lot lately. Okay, which one was facade? Uh, I actually carried on this discussion with him in the in the Facebook group, but um, I it's the one that ends where um, Clark is in the dunk take. And uh, I believe Chloe and Lois are taking shots at it. And, you know, Clark gets dropped in the water and he's all smiles and, you know, he's all wet and they're all laughing and they're all having fun together. And you're it's just kind of, you know, the, it's got that heavy pop song going on at the end. Everything's great. We love Smallville. <laughs> you know, you just got to fill with a good feeling. I don't know. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's kind of, you know, the end of this episode is very much like – we're all friends and we're dancing together and just, uh, we love each other, you know, no matter what's going on in the background. But, mm. uh, Nutty says the one where in the end Liv realizes that true love is the people you chose as family. Ah, a good close to the story, but not sure it needed to be part two. I'm glad Liv, not the brain realized Tim sucked and it wasn't just <laughs> that the brain was wearing off. Still not interested in the prophet. I really hate this storyline. Blaine and Donnie being secret spillers, uh, secret spillers, is really <laughs> cool. Sadly, now they got Mom and Leone. We won't get to keep that fun bit. Sad she was caught so caught so fast. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James says I just rewatched it and it was as good as I thought uh, the first time. I want to mention. That they definitely showed that Chase was aware that zombies can be safely frozen. So he is deliberately not using this tactic for some reason, possibly in fear that one cold, one really cold winter night, the U.S. Army might come calling. Hmm. Yeah, that could be a way to uh, for the U.S. Army to take down New Seattle if they figure out that whole thing. Um, but yeah, that whole thing where Chase threatened to freeze Jordan, where... He's also do it using the melon smasher on people that do the same thing she did. So, uh, yeah, but you know, again, it's like the starvation problem. Could they solve the starvation problem by just freezing the starving zombies? I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I'll have to ask, uh, maybe I'll ask Bob Dearden when he gets next week, um, talking about his episode Goonstruck, which I should play the trailer for now. Monday. This is him. You're gonna be a goon, Liv. When a case goes cold. I need you in the game. Copy. Go get him. Liv takes to the ice. Ha! 
Can we not go and address the missing tooth? I, Zombie. All new Monday at 9, 8 central on The CW. And the synopsis of Goonstruck is, while tracking the murder of a hockey player, Liv stumbles onto Chase Graves' evil plan. Meanwhile, Major is forced to make a horrible decision. Lastly, Peyton tries to contain a volatile situation. So we got all the, lots of stuff happening. And there's also, I don't know, you know, according to the previews, uh, Liv is acting like a wacky hockey goon. So. <laughs> and it's missing a too. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, does that mean she grows it back? There's no way that they're going to make Liv just have a missing tooth for the rest of the series. I was that, thinking the same thing. And again, like, if she does grow it back somehow, like, what does that say about zombie physiology? Like, <laughs> Like, I understand she can heal herself from bullet it's, wounds. I, it's not that deep. But we don't. you don't just grow an extra tooth when you mi- lose a tooth. I know. It's not that important. <sighs> Where's it's Moira? Just a, it's just the sock gag. We need Dr. Moira to explain this, and we need our friend Jen to d- then immediately denounce it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's time... We put this episode to bed considering it's late already. Oh, God, not this again. I'm sorry, Steph, but I snuck a little bit of wrestler brain during the trailer, and now I'm yelling in your face again, and the Robin Mania is running wild on this podcast. Yeah. And and I just wanted you to know that no matter what brain I'm on, I want us always to be friends. Well, of course, that makes me happy. I'm glad you're happy. It makes me happy. Great. Are there any more major quotes that you wanted to paraphrase before we say goodbye? No, I think it would be best for my voice and our listeners' ears that we wrap up this poorly conceived last-minute skit. See you next time, Robin. Oh, yeah, Steph. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Send your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Just search for iZombie Podcast, all one word. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin as well at El Robinero. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Also, friend of the show Cheyenne contributes with Photoshops on our Twitter. Follow her at iZombie. Zombie love. Check out our other podcast. You can listen to us binge cast through teen dramas like Dawson's Creek and Popular. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes. You can also listen to us occasionally talk about the Buffy spinoff Angel with our friends. Subscribe to Redemption Cast on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, why not leave us a review? We do this in our spare time, so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated and helps us get seen by more iZombie fans. And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're done. You think anyone is still listening? Probably not. Zombies! Zombies!